Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Remarkably Us, the podcast. I'm your host, Shelly Roan, sober gal living in Southern California, navigating the ins and outs of life. After what we'll call the great breakdown of 2019, I've been journeying through self-discovery, sobriety, trauma, divorce, relationships, all of the above. In this podcast, I'll have solo episodes where I talk about my life, the things I am dealing with, have dealt with, and all the tools I've collected in maintaining a consistent environment for self-growth, love, and discovery. We'll also hear from others who are breaking barriers and climbing incredibly tough mountains. Get ready to get inspired and motivated to laugh and to cry, but most importantly, to love a little. Let's jump right into it. Today, I'm sitting with my friend, my nanny mom, and for legal purposes only, (laughs) for legal purposes, this is a joke, my sister wife. Kira Fernandez. Kira is a, you're a client service executive principal. Am I saying that right? Principal. You're a principal of client services. How do you say it? I say I'm a principal, but my uh, role is a client service executive. Okay. That makes sense. At Marsha McClellan Agency, right? Okay. She is a mom to three amazing little children and honestly is probably one of the most important people in my life. Kara's also from Montana, which is bizarre because moving all the way to San Diego, the last thing I expected was to meet someone from Montana and then work for a family that was from Montana that had deep, like such deep roots in Montana. So today we're going to be diving into a little bit about our relationship, overcoming grief, uh, dealing with anxiety and depression as adult women, because that's, we, we are, we are both adult women. Sometimes it doesn't <laughs> feel like that, but we are. But before I start, whenever I have someone on, I ask them to tell me their journey. Basically, what has led you up to this point, sitting here on the couch? We're in her house right now, which is basically where I have been living for the last couple of months. We're on the couch. We're supposed to be working. We're not. So if anyone from our jobs hears this, <laughs> we are we're at the end busy. of the day. Yes, we're at the end of the, of the day. day. It's almost four. Yes, it's, it's fine. So we're sitting on the couch right now. So tell me your journey up to this very moment. All right. Well, so I was born in Missoula, Montana, like Shelly mentioned, and I was married to parents that were 10 years apart. And because of that, they're lives were very different going into having mm-hmm. children. My mom was very young and my dad was in his thirties already when I was born. So, um, that coupled with the fact that my dad was an alcoholic, um, led to my parents getting divorced when I was in first grade and living that kind of back and forth life between my mom and dad, my dad moving out of town for a while and, um, just the challenges with all of that. Um, I stayed in Missoula for college Mm -hmm. at the university of Montana. And so my college life was a lot different, I think, than a lot of people's because I pretty much stayed friends with my high school friends right? and continued to do what I did in high school. And I didn't really have that full on college experience. So still a good experience, but just, I was at home and that was, that was it. Um, and then So my dad ended up passing away. My dad, I lived with my dad, um, just me by myself. 
um, and he ended up passing away in 2003, the semester before I graduated college. Mm. Um, he died of uh, prostate cancer. And so I was a girl alone in this house that we grew up in, um, dealing with the death of my dad and uh, was fortunate to have my best friend move in with me at the time. And him and I had a, a wild couple of months of just living life, but also dealing with grief and, and all of that comes with that. Um, and then I had, I met Herb, which was my husband mm-hmm. um, in the winter of 2004 or the early 2004. So like six months after mm-hmm. my dad died. And he was really the one who, in a weird way, like saved me, I guess, from probably the destruction that I was doing to myself because of my dad's death, Um, which is funny because, you know, Herb's a wild character and Shelly Shelly knows Herb well. Um, But he is, he was very um, calming in my life and we fell madly in love quickly. And he pretty much moved in with me the moment we started dating. And um, had a really amazing whirlwind of a romance and decided to move back to his hometown. He played, he was a football player for the University of Montana, which is why he was up there. Mm -hmm. And so like six months after we met, we decided he was ready to move home to San Diego and I'd always wanted to be a city girl. And so San Diego sounded amazing. Um, and so he brought me with him and I moved into his family home with his mom, his youngest sister, who was in high school still at the time and his oldest brother, who is 10 years older than her. Um, they gave us the master bedroom and (laughs) Herb is Filipino and I had never really even been around any other Filipinos because where I grew up, it was just very ethnically non-diverse oh a hundred percent yes so it was my first real intro to Filipino culture and I was in it like living it and I feel so fortunate because of any like welcoming culture that there is it's the Filipino culture Mm -hmm. so anyways quickly became part Filipino and um him and I got married in 2007 had our daughter in 2011 our first son in 2013 and then had a surprise baby in 2015. And that's when we knew we needed a nanny. Mm -hmm. So yeah, after three, yes, Mm. yes. And working full time, I've been at the same company this whole time that I've lived here. Um, And so I had been taking the kids to daycare. We had been taking the kids to daycare mm-hmm. and realized with the third, there's just no way we could do that. So we found a nanny who was amazing. We loved her so much, but she was only with us for about six months. And she was the one who actually knew Shelly. Yeah. We worked together at this bakery coffee shop. I had been working at for a couple of years and I wanted to find something that I didn't have to work that many hours because I was trying to go back to school and like really finish a degree. And so I was kind of looking for, you know, for something and she worked right. Like a couple days a week. She was amazing. She's one of those. She's a saint. Yes. An absolute saint of a person. Yes. Yes. And yeah, she was 
just, we were just talking, um, at work, you know, one day and she was like, I feel, you know, so terrible. Like I just started watching these kids. They're amazing, you know, but I want to go back home. I want to, you know, be with my family. And she was like, actually, they're going to obviously be looking for someone else. You, they're from Montana too. And I'm like, what? No, they're not. Yeah. Like, no way. And she was like, yeah. So she talked to you. Yep. And then we met. And, yeah. but I, when you called me, or no, I called yes. you or something. Yes. And I saw, cause, you know, we're, we come from rival towns, uh, the two ma- uh, major colleges in Montana. So, when I was going to call you or you called me, I was like, if it pop, pops up that she's from Bozeman, I don't know if, yes. if this is going to work. And it did. But then I was like, okay, fine. I'll give her a chance. Right. And I'm um, so glad I did. I know. Yeah. Yeah. So then I started watching the kids. Yep. And I was their nanny for exactly three years. Yes. Um, and then I have, for some reason thought it would be a good <laughs> idea to get a big girl job. Mm-hmm. I should have just, right. I, just I told her she could stay and be my assistant I for know. as long as she wanted. Um, yeah, I, I finally graduated. I got a degree, picked to chose something. Cause I can never make up my mind about some certain things. So finally chose something. And then, I mean, but we still, I mean, I pretty much lived here mm-hmm. for like three years. Yeah. I know that was with my ex that was always a big, like I spent too much time with you guys, Yeah, you know? Well, and it was one of those weird, like, I always felt even weird telling people how close we were because I'm like, I know most people don't get this close with their nanny. Usually it's like a working relationship. And we quickly realized that we were more than just a working relationship. And you just became part of the family, part of our friend group. Like you just were part of us. Yeah. And it was like very early on that we realized that. And it's just obviously grown as the others have grown, but yeah, definitely. It was, it was something like I always, when I, it was bittersweet, definitely when I stopped watching the kids, because I just, I had gotten so used for three years. Mm -hmm. I was with them for everything. Mm -hmm. I mean, like Kingston was crawling. Yes. And And even if you weren't here for like a holiday, like for Halloween, you would come up and be with us for Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I, w- that was always, I'm like, well, I'm like splitting <laughs> holidays <laughs> with your husband. <laughs> yes. No one was so mad. I'm like, I, you have me until noon because <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Kira and her, Kira and her need me. Yes. Um, yeah, that was a big, it was like, he viewed it as right. I was like choosing you guys over him. Which, yeah. I mean, you were, I pretty much was, but fine. I was like trying to, you know, yeah. trying to be the best, have the best of yes, both worlds. Yes. But it was tough because you guys are so much better than me. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so yeah. So then, I mean, over the last five years, we have just, I can't believe it's been five years, okay. but. We've gotten super close, especially in the last year since Herb's, since Herb passed. Um, but I feel like there's only a couple other friendships that I think I've ever had that are just this seamless is maybe the word I'm looking for. Yeah. Like we just like melt and maybe because we did spend that three years, like, mm-hmm 
basically coordinating the family yeah. together. Yeah. You know, um, and it's Herb was just like type. along for the ride. Right. He just got lucky. <laughs> he got, cause he so had two lucky. women taking care of him and the children all yes. the time. And so, yeah, I know that sounds weird, but, um, yeah, I think it's just, it's such a unique relationship yeah. because we did click so well as friends yet we were doing like real life stuff together all yeah. the time. Yeah. So I think it just was like, right. Not just like if you have a friend who is like your friends are around for the kids' birthday parties, obviously, mm-hmm. and you travel with them and you, they go to sports games right. and you do that. And, but there's something different about like being there for the day to day stuff, like every single yeah. day. You, and you just never get that opportunity with friends, right? right? Like yeah. that's just not even an opportunity you ever get. So for us to have that opportunity is just very unique. And yeah. Super. Cause they have, they have lives. Yeah. They have, you, they, you don't apparently. I have no life. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I have nothing else going on. Yeah, this just, so it's I, just this. <laughs> and you have no life. So. Oh my god, I'm just. Kidding. I do have. A, I have a life. I have a little. I have a little bit you of have a life. Quite, quite the life. I have quite the life. Yes, but um, I do choose <laughs> to spend the majority of it here. Yeah, and I have always. Yeah, I mean, I have just literally always. If I like don't have anything going on for an afternoon, even, you know, yeah. but after that little year in between, you know, me watching, not watching the kids and working, Mm -hmm. I would still just like show up here and be like, what are you guys doing? Which we love more than anything because um, I miss you guys. Yeah. Um, But I think it's obviously so much more in the last year. Yeah. Because I definitely have, I think. It's because we both, maybe because we both have experienced grief in the past. Absolutely. We kind of, and now that I'm like letting myself feel something, which is shitty, but I'm letting (laughs) it happen. I'm like, I'm realizing more so that people lean on each other and that that's totally normal and fine. Mm -hmm. And so I think that me just being partly of our relationship that we already had for four years. And then me being like, I'm just going to open up and just be able to lean on someone. Yeah. Cause it might, it might seem like I am here, like doing all of this, you know, stuff for you, but I lean on you for a lot. Yeah. It's just like unspoken lean on. It's not like Take take my kids to right, school, you right. know, or like do this thing for me. Yeah, but it is like being here right. is me leaning on you. Yeah, pretty much. I love it. If that makes sense. Yeah. Right. That's my like. That's that's um like hard to being like I need you. I'm just gonna be here. Right. And that's me right. being like. Yeah. <laughs> but actually, I fuck with you. Yeah. I fuck with, <laughs> with you. Heavy. Heavy. <laughs> I was um, uh, teaching Kira today that um, if you say I fuck with you and or I fuck with you heavy, that means that you like that person. Yes. And we are 12 years apart. So that's the other interesting yes. thing. Oh, I yes. think with our relationship, right, that Definitely. we're so close because I don't think I have anybody 
that I'm that far in age apart where right. I was close to them, you know? Yeah. So the, but Shelly's an old soul and we've always yeah. known that like from the minute she got here, she was 22, three, 23, five years ago. So 23. Yeah. And we, but I knew right away that you were just an old soul. Yeah. Yeah. So. I'm an old, I am a secret old bitch. Yes. You it's going to come out like that movie of the orphan girl that ended up being like a full adult. Oh, right. And she tricked the family. Yeah. Like I'm kidding. <laughs> that was a terrible analogy. You're like, I'm really 50. I'm really 50. I'm actually much older than you. Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But I think that speaking of grief, I mean, we, so you lost your dad. That was another thing too. Like the bond you us. lost your dad at, what did you say? Night, uh, 22, 22, 22. I lost my dad at 19 from cancer mm -hmm. too. Yep. Um, my parents split up because my dad was an alcoholic. Mm -hmm. Um, it was just such similarities right. in like kind of the way that we grew up. Yeah. Like our both, moms, both our moms yeah. having, you know, remarried a few times. Mm -hmm. Like it was bizarre kind right. of how similar our lives like were happening uh -huh. at different eras, right? Yeah, at different right. time different periods. Eras. <laughs> you were like the Renaissance era. Yeah, right. and I was the 21st century. Right. <laughs> but I think I am beginning to, I'm beginning to start to learn things from grief and learn, try to understand not why things happen. Cause we'll never understand why, like why the hell the universe decides to do the things that it does. Why right. does it take certain people? Why are we put in situations? Why are we, why do we have to go through things like this? Yeah. But there's stuff that I think with, I mean, with everything that happens to you, you learn something, right. especially in grief. So I think with I'm, well, I'm still processing mine. I don't know what I'm, I always joke. And I, I think maybe you, it was either you or my therapist that I said the joke to the first time of like, I just learned emotions like yes, last year. Yes. So cut me some slack. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm a newbie. Yep. But you've had emotions for longer. <laughs> a Tell me while. about just them. Just a little while. Yeah. Yes. What do you think is like maybe not, I want to say like one of the biggest things, but what do you think is something that you really have like learned maybe about yourself or just about life in the last year since we've lost her? Mm. So I think, um, I'll, I'll get to your question, but I, I just wanted to say one thing about us and our similar grief mm. stories about our dads and all of that and other losses that I've been through. Um, I think, it, it's a weird thing to say, but it's almost like I was being prepared for this loss. Mm. That's, I really feel like I had to be prepared for this loss, even though I, it came out of nowhere. Right. And it was mm -hmm. a very sudden loss and no, you know, no one expected what happened. To oh her. my gosh. No one. Um, but if I wouldn't have had the experience of grief that I already had, I really don't know that I would be anywhere near as okay as I am today. Um, it's still really hard. Every single loss is really hard and they're all very different. Mm -hmm. Um, but I had a roadmap of sorts through my own grief and you can read all the books, listen to all the podcasts, yeah. do all, you know, do all the right things, go to classes, talk to your therapist. But at the end of the day, and I think most people who've gone through grief or, you know, talk about grief 
agree that we all just process it very differently. Mm-hmm. And so to know how I respond to grief was like, it was really helpful mm. um, because I knew there are different milestones that I needed to hit or, you know, different ways that my brain would all of a sudden be like, kind of get to the next step or whatever. Mm. And I would remember that from my previous experiences. And I'd be like, okay, this is where I'm at. Right. And it just like helped reassure me that I wasn't going to be stuck in this forever. Yeah. And that for me is probably one of the scariest things um, going through, especially this grief, because it's so new still. Um, that fear of you are never going to feel good again. You are mm. never going to be happy again. You are never going to love again. That's scary. Like, yeah. Really scary. Um, and so kind of going back to what I said, the knowing that I've done it before and I've pulled myself out, I knew that there was hope at least. Mm. And I think hope is probably one of the most important things. Yeah. Um, and then I guess to your question about what's kind of, what's one of the most important things I've learned in this, uh, with her passing, um, is just how resilient we are mm-hmm. as human beings. Um, my kids are the most resilient things I've ever seen. Oh my gosh. And everybody told me that like other people who have experienced grief either as kids or have seen up kids go through it. They say like your kids are resilient. They're going to be okay. Yeah. And it's hard to believe that. Right. Because how could it's like, how are they going to make it through? How are they going to possibly make it through? Right. Their dad was literally ripped out of their life and they had no idea it was happening. Yeah. And until it happened. And, um, so to watch their resilience, I think mm, helped me. Yeah. Um, because they were so strong. I knew I had to be strong Mm -hmm. and I don't want to say fake it till you make it because you do have to feel the feelings. You have to go through it, but at the same time, like your strength helps the others around you stay strong and not just constantly crumble. So Mm -hmm. Um, it's like an intricate balance. Absolutely. Grief is a very intricate, it's a dance. It is a dance. Like letting yourself uh-huh. feel it when you need to. Right. And live your life when you need to. Right. And wear that kind of like very, very fine line yes. happens. Yes. When things are supposed to happen, when they're not supposed to happen. Right. Or, you know, it's it's a fine line. Yeah. And there's so many outside influences, you know, there's just, um, you know, you have a job, your kids have school, you have family, everybody, you know, and everyone is grieving. And that was really hard for me to, um, I would see other people grieving, Mm. not necessarily that they're crying or whatever, but just, I can tell they're in pain because of Herb's loss. And I, that, almost killed me more because Mm -hmm. I knew the feeling of, you know, a friend dying or a brother, not necessarily a sibling dying, but just other types of pain and, you know, just feeling for their loss at the same time. I'm like trying to figure out my own Mm -hmm. grief and my kids grief. Yes. So, um, but yeah, I think definitely we are such a resilient species, Mm -hmm. which is why we continue to you know, overtake this planet, which is a problem, Yeah, but it's also, um, you know, one of the gifts that we have and 
at your lowest, you think you'll never pull out of it. Mm -hmm. But when you finally do get little tiny glimpses of like hope and peace and joy and love and all of those things you thought you would never have, it's you, you start to realize like, dang, I'm freaking powerful and strong. Yeah. I want to ask you, do you, this just popped into my head. Do you ever feel guilty for being happy? A hundred percent. Isn't that wild? Mm -hmm. I remember when my dad died, I remember feeling so guilty because I, it didn't phase me as much as people thought it, or it, it, I didn't think I was as sad as I should have been. Right. Because, uh, but that was complicated because of my relationship with him, Mm -hmm. but I would be like happy and feel so guilty because his side, that side of the family were just in, I mean, in like deep, deep mourning and still are. And I've kind of come to terms with it. Right. You know, right. I, you know, come to terms with it. It happened and, Mm -hmm. you know, um, it sucks that he's not here, but I'm okay with it. Right. So that guilt of feeling happy when you're, you know, yeah. Especially in in the beginning, especially when you're having those first breakthrough Mm -hmm. moments of pleasure, you know, even if food tastes good or the sunshine feels good on your, like little stupid things that, that you just all of a sudden are feeling your senses in a good way again. Mm -hmm. And you're like, but my loved one isn't here. I shouldn't be feeling any pleasure. I should be, you know, um, so it's definitely a a battle Yeah, that I, yeah, I still feel guilt for sure. Do you think you, a lot of that is just inner guilt or do you feel guilt from outside sources? Like anyone from the outside that you feel, you know, like, yeah, I, like, I shouldn't show them that I'm happy. Right. They should think that I'm still sad. Right. Which obviously you are. Right. But like, yeah. I mean, I think that it's just natural to feel obviously in, inner. I do. Mm-hmm. I feel my like inner guilt, but I also think like, it's natural to feel like people are judging you. And I'm sure oh, yeah. if I, I walked up to a million people, they'd be like, no, we, you know, it's just, it's human nature. Yes. And now I'm the widow and yeah, I, I just, you know, yeah, I feel like you have all those inner dialogues of right. like, what they, it could what be going if on. they think that I am, they're going to see me out. Yeah. And what if they think like, you know, oh my gosh, she's already going out to dinner. Right. Or, you know, she's already going on vacation or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Like feeling that, which right. No one in your circle right. would ever think that. No. Ever. No. But you just, it's, yeah, you just get nervous that. It's just another part of human nature. I don't yeah. Know. Like you're not doing it right. Right. Yes. You're not doing it right. Like you're not doing it the way you're supposed to be. And, yeah. Um, fortunately, I feel like I'm, I still have work to do, but I'm pretty secure in who I am oh, and, yeah. and what yeah. is important to me. So I try not to let that stuff get yeah. to me too much, but of course it creeps into your mind. For yeah. Sure. I re- that was definitely one of the first things that I noticed about you when I met you was like, I just like thought of you as this, like, you just seemed like you exuded this confidence that I had like never seen before. I'd seen a lot of fake confidence, but I was like, my God, like she doesn't give a fuck about (laughs) me. Yes. 
I was remembered like the first, uh, maybe the first like year, maybe yeah. not even that, but definitely like in the beginning, I was like, this woman does not give a shit. Oh my like, God, that's She so does funny. whatever the fuck she wants to do <sighs> when she wants to do it. Yeah. She, you know, wears what she wants, says, says what she wants. Oh, that makes like, me so proud oh my of myself. She's amazing. So proud. They should you. be. Because you. you can see, you can feel that from someone. Yeah. Um, and I definitely felt that from you oh, for sure. You. And I'm like this insecure little 23 year old. Oh my God. Like, and I thought you were so confident. <laughs> fake it till you make it. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Right. Meanwhile, I'm like crying yeah. in, in the, in the bathroom of it's my not of me, it's house. Herb. Oh my God. Herb, Herb is a scary character. <laughs> for the first at least a couple of months, he didn't say a word to me. Oh my God. He would not even speak to me. Oh my God. It was like, I would, I thought he hated me. Right. I thought he, because I think he thought he needed to keep it a very professional relationship. Yes. So I think when you and I started to get close, like he right. was kind of like, what are what? you doing? She's That's like, our nanny. Yes. yes. And then he soon realized how right? much he loved you too. I'm amazing. Yep. So it's really hard to, to try. Yeah. It's hard. You her. can try to, you can act like you hate me. Right. But it's only I'll find a way to creep in. Yep. I sure will. Yep. And I did. I cracked him. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So speaking of that, I, I think, so I've moved to San Diego 21, um, 21 to 24, I would say we're probably like, how old am I now? 20, yeah. Four. Yeah. I'm like trying <laughs> doing to math think. with their fingers. I'm trying, I am doing math <laughs> with my fingers. I just had to count four years on my fingers. So that's where I'm at. Um, I think those definitely when I first met you guys, I was so lost. I had no idea what I wanted to do. I think I had just met my ex, yes. right? Because I was like kind yeah. of dating him. Yeah, we didn't even know you had a boyfriend for the first several months. Yeah. 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 And then I was like, I remember sitting here. I was sitting here and you guys were, you were sitting in the chair. Oh my God. That's so funny. How do I remember this? I don't know. Yeah. I barely remember what I did four years or four days ago. And I'm like, I remember five years ago on a Tuesday, (laughs) you asked me if I had a boyfriend, but I do. I remember being like, yeah, you know, like, I guess I kind of have a boyfriend. And you were like, what? Yeah. You have a boyfriend? It was so shocking because it just felt like you were a single girl. Yeah. Well, (laughs) can't imagine why it felt like that because <laughs> uh, I was single to everyone else but it, but him right. everyone else thought I was single right. so anyways um but yeah I remember I just those were I think because so because I was surrounded with by you guys and all of your friends are around the same age as you right and then Mike's Mike and his family my ex were all like old, way older than me. And so I always remember, especially in those couple of years, feeling like no one else is struggling like I am. Mm. Like, why is no one, Mm. like, why am I so sad? And everyone else is like super happy. Yeah. But then the more, uh, the more open that I am and the more, um, the closer I get, you know, with friends, 
the more open I am, the more open people are to me, Absolutely. which is just how that works. Right. But I'm like learning that all my friends and everyone around me are like, oh no, like I'm super depressed too. I'm like, yeah. I'm sorry. What? Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm not the only one that cries alone in the bathroom. Uh-huh. Right. Like in the morning for no reason. They're yeah. like, oh no. Yeah. I do that. I actually did that like 10 minutes ago. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck? But we're all walking around like, yeah, everything is fine. Yeah. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. So how do you think you've always struggled with, do you think you, are you, you have depression and anxiety or one of the, are you, what do you got? You got the combo pack or you got, <laughs> I'm going to say I'm a, I'm a heavy user of the anxiety. Pill. <laughs> I, um, yeah, I, I, I struggle with saying if I've ever been depressed. I don't, yeah. Uh, I think I've definitely gotten to a points with my anxiety that have probably put me into some sort of depression. Yeah. And with Herb's passing, I definitely probably went through some sort of a depression. Yeah. But not, I've never been a type of person that wants to like be secluded. I'd rather be around people most of the time. Um, Sometimes, you know, sometimes I like to be by myself, but yeah, um, for the most part, it's anxiety. Um, And Yes. I think I knew, I always knew that I struggled with anxiety, even from the time I was a kid, Mm -hmm. um, social anxiety, especially. Oh my gosh. Same. And I, I think I've told you this, the strangest thing for me is that I have taken the personality test. What's that? The Myers-Briggs. Oh, multiple times because I don't believe the results, but they keep telling me the same thing. What does it tell you? I am a hundred percent extroverted. I believe that. But I'm like, no, I believe it. I am the most introverted, hundred percent extroverted. I don't know. I, I I guess I'm not really introverted, but I am. Um, I'm kind, you know, naturally I'm kind of shy. Like, well, I used to be at least. Uh, And I just, but I have the social anxiety. So that's yeah. where it confuses me. Right. Because I, I'm, yes, I am extroverted. I definitely love being around people, feeding off people, but then there's this anxiety factor that I used to have to, especially used to have to deal mm. with. Um, so growing up definitely dealt with that mm. and never addressed it, just yeah. pushed it down, pushed it down, pushed yeah. it down. Um, I don't think I ever opened up to anyone about it ever. Like my parents. Oh, my never. Friends, nobody. Yeah. Yeah. I, the last um, 12 months. <laughs> right. Is when I'm finally like, yes. hey, so there's like these things that go on with me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So mine really um, like reared its head or I had to address mm. it when I had my daughter, mm. my first baby uh, 10 years ago. Um, pretty much the moment I had her. I started having these crazy, anxious, Mm. scary, motherly, um, postpartum It's postpartum anxiety, postpartum OCD is what I was diagnosed with. Interesting. Yeah. Which is weird. Cause I'm not like an OCD person in terms of like, you're not check the door, check the lights, whatever. It's, um, repetitive thoughts that you can't stop. Oh my God. I am that, that mine's the list making. Yeah. So that's an OCD trait. By yeah. The way. Oh yeah. Oh, yes. trust me. Yeah. You're like, I know. Oh, I've been I know. <laughs> I've been diagnosed. <laughs> so yeah. So mine was uh postpartum anxiety and postpartum OCD. And I remember when you go for, you go for like your six week checkup or something mm, yep. and it, it, they give you like a, a form that you have to fill out to talk about postpartum depression. 
maybe there was a question about anxiety on there, but really it's focused on depression. depression. And I remember thinking like, even if it is have stuff about anxiety, I'm not going to answer it correctly because I don't want to make anybody think that I, there's mm-hmm. something wrong with mm-hmm. me that, that, you know, what if it jeopardizes my baby? Right. It was, someone's going to take my baby somebody's away. Gonna take my baby. That's all I could think is like, if, if there's something wrong with me mentally, they're going to take my baby. And that, so that's what really started this OCD thing too. Yeah. So I dealt with it for about two months. I lost so much weight. I could not eat. I couldn't sleep. All I did was breastfeed all day, every day, because that's what gave me comfort. I felt like I was connecting with my baby and that's all I cared about. It was just like making sure she was protected. And, um, finally I ended up, I had to tell her because I was so sick and, um, we got, we were both really scared because we didn't know what to do. And I like literally told him, I think I might need to go to the hospital because I was, it was bad. Um, fortunately his sister is a nurse and she's always our first call for things. And, um, so she came and, and helped take care of me and, uh, ended up finding after a long search, it's Mm. hard to find those specialist type, you know, that, uh, I found this, this, um, psychiatrist, Mm -hmm. psychiatrist who, um, was an older Russian woman. And when I first walked in, I was like, this is never going to work. She's not an older Russian woman. Oh, she was so fucking amazing. Mm -hmm. She saved my life. And I'm not even like, if I wouldn't have found someone like her, Mm. I probably would have had to be hospitalized at some point just because I literally couldn't eat and sleep. And I probably would have gone to the point of like total Mm -hmm. meltdown, exhaustion, whatever. So anyway, so she just told me, she didn't make me tell her anything really other than just kind of like briefly explain what's happening. And then she would say, is this kind of what's going on? And then she would kind of say it. So I didn't have to say it. And there was something about that that was so, it saved me. Like, yeah, because somebody else knew what I was feeling and I didn't have to say those words. Mm. And it gave me so much comfort um, that I knew that she was the one I needed to see. And she started me on Zoloft Mm. at that time. Um, That was the horrible two weeks because my body did not like it. Like my stomach mm. heated it. So I'd throw up, not, I couldn't eat already. And now I'm throwing oh up. My gosh. Um, but I made it through, you know, those first couple of weeks and, you know, once it started to kick in a little bit, the relief that it gave me of just, yeah. it didn't make me feel not like myself. I felt like myself. I just didn't obsess on those thoughts Mm. and it just took the edge of the anxiety off. And, you know, the more months went by, the more, you know, it kicked in and I kept going to therapy and, Mm -hmm. um, had my support system, you know, eventually, you know, like I said before, we're just, we're very resilient. Yep. And, uh, but yeah, it was definitely one of the the lowest points of my yeah. life. You think that's when it was definitely like oh, your lowest hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. That's insane. Yeah. And you know how many women deal with that Ugh. and then just are like, right. Are terrified that if they say something, they're going to be deemed like an unfit mother. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's, yeah. it's really sad and scary. And the fact, I mean, I know it's much more talked about yeah. now, so I feel yeah. like people are much more willing to, mm-hmm. and, and mental health in general, in general mm-hmm. and, and postpartum. And I think for me, the, 
thing that could help more with postpartum stuff is to let women know that there's more than just postpartum depression. Right. It's not just like being sad. Right. And like not wanting to connect, not connecting with your baby. And like, right. When you think of postpartum depression, that's where my mind always, right. Where it always goes. And so because I didn't fit in that box, I was like, well, there's something wrong with me. me? Right. Like if I just have postpartum depression, okay, well, everybody knows what that is. I get it. I did not have postpartum. I wanted to be with people because I was scared to be by myself. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so then ever, ever since then, you know, I'd say six months after starting the Zoloft and going to regular therapy and everything, I really started to feel like myself again. And it was the best decision Mm. I'd ever made. And I was so thankful. And then I started to see how it helped me with my social anxiety. Mm. And I had no idea until after I started realizing I'd be in social settings and I'm like, I don't have that anxious feeling that I always used to have. Yeah. I can talk the way I want to talk, you know, out and about and and not have that. Yeah. Fear of, you know, I don't know what. Um, but so it was like amazing side effect. Of, yeah. Well, you were on anxiety medication. Right. For the first time right. With, because you have anxiety. Right. So yeah. Right. <laughs> So it was, yeah. So if, on all in all, it was just obviously what I needed in my life. Yeah. Weird the way things come sometimes and yeah. the challenges that are put in front of you. Do you still take anxiety medication? I yeah. I still take Zoloft. Oh, still. Yeah. Yeah. A decade strong. Well, and so I yeah. talked to my, my OBGYN. He was the one, he was yeah. just like, yeah, you need this. Yes. There's nothing to feel bad. You know, he yes. really helped me a lot too. And he told me that his wife had a very similar story to mine. And she, when she had babies, same thing, she had is very similar. She started Zoloft. He's like, she's been taking it for like for 30 years yes. or something. She, he's like, she will never get off of it. And yeah. I, I honestly feel like I may never get off of it. Either. And there's, it's, it's a medication. Yeah. If you uh, struggle with uh, bipolar disorder right. or struggle with depression, no one would ever want ADHD. you to get off of it. Everyone's like, we're going right. to schizophrenic. Right. We're going to keep you on this to help regulate you. Right. So and make sure you're healthy. Yeah. Right. And it's my mm-hmm. hope that's at stake, honestly. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I, um, I steer away from medication because I'll just pop it. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. The second my body starts to feel any sort of like, we're feeling different. Yeah. I'm like, Bing! <laughs> but that's the thing. That's the thing about Zoloft. And I don't know about, yeah. I've never tried any other ones because they were like, yeah. well, this one works. Don't mess don't, with it. Right? right. Like, cause you're like, Oh, well it might make me gain weight, which maybe it did. Maybe that's why I'm so voluptuous. I have no idea. Oh my gosh. However, <laughs> um, I, it's not an abusable drug. That's <laughs> I'm sure I could find a way. Okay, yes, you're right. You're right. You're right. right. I'm just like, I, my anxiety gets so bad sometimes. I mean, I won't sleep. I won't eat. I won't, you know, and I already struggle with eating. So then if I'm anxious and I'm not eating, then I'm like, we're not eating right now. And I'm like, no, we're not eating because we're anxious. Right. Not because we're not eating because we don't want to eat or we're not making ourselves eat. So like my inner dialogues, right? Like, no, Shelly, we're not eating right now because we're anxious. We're not eating. We're not not eating <laughs> because we're not eating right now. Right. Well, and I think for you and I both, that's something we have to watch together mm-hmm. because we're both, when we get anxious, we don't yeah. like to eat. 
at all. Right. I'm like, I'm fine. I just, I'm not hungry. Me neither. I don't want to eat something. I, I'm like just in la yeah. la land. Well, because for me, anxiety so affects my stomach. Yep. Too. Mm-hmm. And I, I know a lot, a lot of people. It just kills my appetite. Yeah. Just completely yeah. And I feel it. sick, you know, like sick to my stomach. Mm-hmm. And so the last thing I want to do is put any food in my body. Yeah. Obviously I don't have that issue at the moment. However, <laughs> When I, I know you and I together and I know that that could be us. Yes, yeah. So I know. We'll and watch. we're going to, we have to watch each other because I know in the last episode, I broke the news. <laughs> I released the, you know, whatever that we're building a tiny home. We are. So I'm about in like two or three months, I'm going to be living in the yard, yep. which is the most incredible thing in the world. But I think it's, it's going to be so good for us because we won't be able, if I'm alone, mm-hmm. I can like, just say that I'm busy yeah, and like hide away for a week. And totally. then all of those bad habits that I, you know, are not good for me. Yeah. I'll be able to like do them in secret. Right. Like, I'll just like nut eat for three right. days and no one will know. Oh I'm going to run 12 miles twice today. I will and not no let you do know. that. You'll be like, what the fuck are you doing? I will. Yeah. I will not allow that. Yeah. And, um, right. Not the, your, these like tiny things that you struggle with. <laughs> <laughs> I have a wheezing problem when I laugh, by the way. (laughs) But it will, it will help dramatically. Definitely. And that's why I said, like, we lean on each other in a lot of unspoken ways, a hundred percent, which is really amazing to have a partnership like that. Yep. Cause that's what it is. We're partners. We are partners. We're life partners. We are. Yes, we are. We love each other. Um, what else do I want to ask you? I think so medication, anxiety, let's see, medication, anxiety, addiction. What have we not touched on grief, um, depression, you don't struggle with depression. I definitely do. Yeah. It's like, but it nowadays it used to be really bad. Nowadays it's just like a like I said it, I think in my last episode, it's just like a black cloud. That's just like constantly like over my shoulder and to the, and behind. Yeah. It's not like over me, Yeah, but it's just like, they're like, they're hey, just like tempting hey, bitch, you. That- remember that we are a little bit sad all the time. Right. Like, okay. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So you're constantly have to pushing that out though. Yeah. And it's that. Yeah. Constantly having to be like, no, I'm not sad. Right. Like, we're fine. Right. Leave me the fuck alone. Yeah. But it's Ugh. always there. But that's, I mean, that's just life. Yeah. You know, it's just, I think at this point I'm like, this is just something that I deal with. Right. Well, and you can see though, like kids or young adults, you know, when yeah. you're first learning that, when you're, if you do have a oh depressive and you're first learning that you, you think like, oh my God, I'll, I'll, am I going to deal with this for the rest of my life? Yeah. And yeah, sometimes yeah. you do, but you, you learn how to navigate and manage it better than you did when you were younger. And yeah. So just like you're talking about, right. You know, we, there's just, just, just learning all the time. Oh my gosh. And I think though, that I talked to my mom a lot about, she's just now starting to get kind of back into therapy and like really start to tackle some issues. She just told my brother and I, fuck, maybe three years ago that she struggles with depression. Really? Yes. I'm like, 
You could have fucking told me. Right. Like that could have helped me understand years ago. where this was coming right? from. Right. When yeah. I'm like sitting in my room like this, I'm like, are people sad like this all the time? Yeah. Like, do people just like, you know, is yeah. this normal? Yeah. Oh, that's, you know, and that's kind of one of the things with anxiety, with grief, with all the things yes. we've been talking about the loneliness. Oh my God. Right. Even if it you have a million people around soul you crushing, right. It can that can be the thing yeah. that just absolutely does it. Yeah. It's yeah. that feeling that deep rooted loneliness. Yeah. And even if there's a hundred people mm-hmm. that want to be with you, it's just for whatever reason, and those that's kind of the related yes. thing for all of these situations we're yeah. talking about is that deep down lonely place that no one else can go with you. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. But really you, is. but regardless, what we're approving here, I think. We approve of this message. We approve of this message. <laughs> <laughs> Is we are resilient. Yes. We come back. We 100%. always come back. Oh my God. It's insane. The things that we can bounce back from. Yeah. And we bounce back stronger. Yeah. And with just that little bit more knowledge about how to get through something. A hundred percent. And it's it's amazing. And watching these kids, yes, like, they're going to, and I think with, since we have such a, an, a deep understanding of the grief process, mm-hmm. I think it's going, we know better than I, our parents ever did yeah. on how, what tools to give them. Right. Not like, you know, we can't hold their hand through all of this, but at least to be open and honest about like, these are the things that we struggle with. Yeah. And And like my mom, not telling me until I'm 25 that she struggles with depression. But I think their generation, you want, that's what you did. Yeah. You didn't tell people because you didn't want to put your problems on someone else. Yeah. And I think we're realizing now, and we've realized in the last, you know, 20 years that like you said, we have to lean on Mm -hmm. each other. So yeah. only it's the only way to like literally live a, a healthy, yeah, productive life. The only way. So to wrap this first episode of Tiny Home Talks, <laughs> <laughs> to wrap this up, what advice would you? I was when I was thinking of what age I was gonna do, I'm like, I don't want to do 28 because that's how old I am. And I want to be like, how old would you give your 28 year old self? Because then that makes me seem super young and you seem super old. <laughs> I mean, I think, apparently I am and I don't feel like it just so, you know. So I picked 20 and I was going to pick 21, but I was like, 21 year olds are idiots. Right. So we're not going to advise them on it. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't really remember my 21st year, to be honest. No, I did. I had a G.I. Joe and Barbie Ho theme birthday party at the bar. <laughs> 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 my parents went to it and were pissed at me because I was blacked out. Oh my God. That was really. Yep. Um, so what advice would you give your 24 year old self? Ooh, 24. Okay. So we would have just moved to San Diego, right? Mm-hmm. I think so. Um, I think just to continue to be open and honest with who I was, Mm. who I am. It took me a long time to, um, 
really just be okay with the person with that you. I am be comfortable in your own skin. comfortable in your own skin yeah. and be, you know, be okay with standing up and saying what you want and mm. what you expect. Um, I think, especially at that age, I was very, you know, it's just my personality. I go with the flow yeah, and I don't want to rock the boat. Yeah. Um, and so back then being so young and innocent and new to the city or whatever, yeah. I think, you know, I just probably could have been more, um, firm in your boundaries. Yeah, for sure. And, but you got to understand what those boundaries are first, right? which is the toughest part, which I had no, what are my boundaries? Point. Yeah. Right. What are boundaries? Right. Yeah. I no, had we didn't even, none. they didn't have, we didn't talk about boundaries back in 2003 <laughs> or four, whatever it was. That was, that was right. A, a now the, the, the people in my life and especially people I date boundaries is a firm topic. Yes. These are my boundaries. Yep. If you fuck up with them, yep. you are out. Yeah. I don't care who you are in my life. I'm going to yeah. give you these set of boundaries. Yep. You cannot cross them. And so you're so much more advanced in your, I'm advanced. You are, you are that call me an advanced species. You are. <laughs> You are, you are, because definitely 24 to 28. Yeah. I had no boundaries. Yeah. And it's hard to set them. It's they, hard yeah. to keep them. It's hard to learn what they are. Yeah. It's definitely, it's, it's a lot of work, Yeah, but it's important. So I totally agree. I would tell my younger self that too. Yeah, definitely. Like don't settle for something that for things, for people, for relationships, job, anything. Right that you just because you think you need to do it or right. you think that's what you're supposed to do right or now. that's the best you can get or yes. yeah that you don't deserve anything better yes or, yeah right yeah no exactly and then last last question for you what makes you happy like truly genuinely to your core happy my very first inclination is my kids of course they drive me crazy half the time or maybe 75%, but yeah, absolutely the best decision and blessing of my life. Yeah. Um, I knew from the minute that I got pregnant with my first daughter that for me, mm. being a mom is the meaning of life. Mm. Um, that's why I was put here was really no other reason than to be these kids, mom. Yeah. And, um, to have that like connection with her for the rest of my life mm, is through those kids, through those kids. And they bring yeah. me so much joy and happiness. And, um, yeah, I have and my family and friends, obviously too. And I'm lucky cause I have a lot of things that make me happy. I do. Yeah. But my kids are Amazing. my number one. Are my number one too. I know. My babes. <laughs> I love them they're so. so I'm obsessed with them. Oh, they're easy to get obsessed over I those know. little crazies. Oh, I just love them so much. I know. I love that. All right. Thanks for sitting and chatting with me. Oh, thanks for having me. You're so welcome. I'm glad we got to do this. Yes. And really there will be so many more once I'm just like here every single day, all day. That will what? <laughs> Sitting here with my shirt, my belly can get out of my shirt. Oh my god! Uh. 
<laughs> just sitting here, oh. belly out. Oh my god, I look like a like an old <laughs> man. Oh my um, god, you. <laughs> This will not be the last time that we sit with our bellies out. Well, yes. And this will not be the last of these episodes. We are definitely going to have so much more to talk about as we like move in together. Yes. I mean, I pretty much live here already, but as we like officially yes. live in this little compound and are dealing with these kids and yes. life every day we're gonna have some sh- we're gonna have some shit to yeah, say it's a dream come true it really is yeah. all right guys thank you so much for listening if you want any additional content follow me on instagram at remarkably underscore us you can also check out my website remarkablyus.com for all my blogs and information all on how to live your most remarkable life possible Thanks so much. Be kind and please never forget how wildly capable you are. Till next time. Bye.